my gosh. It's the carrot up after school feeder camp power Oh my gosh, here we are, season two, episode one of the Caro Dove After School Theater Camp Power Hour, or of the podcast formerly known as that long ass title. So now it's Caro Dove Power Hour, but it's still After School Theater Camp. That's implied. It's like it's the subtext, if you will, of the podcast. Um, but I am here with Jacqueline Holloway and Alex Palting, and we're going to talk about being a young business person in the arts, and we're going to touch on some consent. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about all of it, but I'm really excited about that because consent is something that is very important to me as an artist and I think to all three of us. And I'm just, well, more on that later. Spoilers. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's start with the following question. How did you two meet and what inspired you to work and collaborate together? Jax, I think you should start. I'm very curious to see what you say. I will because I love this question. Okay. Uh, so Alex and I met, we were both working on a show, Coriolanus, in Philadelphia with Shakespeare and Clark Park. And it's one of, to date, my favorite shows I've worked on. Fun. It is. Uh, no, it is. And I was the fight choreographer and Alex was in the show. And I, oh, it was just so much fun. Everything about it was just so much fun. And something, I remember, one of the first things I remember about Alex is every rehearsal, before rehearsal started, she would run laps around. <laughs> so it was outdoor theater and it was in this huge park and they called it the bowl because it was like this like, I don't know, valley sort of, right? And she would just, and it was big, and she just run laps. And I remember being like, she is so fit. And so driven, and she makes me want to exercise, and I'm not going to. But she that is want to want to exercise. So sweet, because the first thing that I remember about Jax is she choreographed this amazing fight scene where there are like ten of us going at it. It's so fun, and of course, it's all women. And it's amazing, and we've all got like war paint on, and like she had us like fighting each other with different, um, <laughs> she had us fighting each other with different weapons. And I remember I was running and this was one of the first shows where I ever did stage combat. And we were running and I was holding the sword. And I just remember like growing up and being taught like not to run with scissors and stuff. And I just <laughs> raised my hand and very shyly asked like, how do I run with this? <laughs> and you were like, you just hold it. <laughs> You run, <laughs> but you were like so sweet about it so that's my first memory of Jax <laughs> that's so funny yeah. I, I I relate Jax to what you said about kind of being inspired to work out by Alex but not really wanting we know it's not going to happen but every time she posts a rock climbing video I'm just like feeling very inspired to watch you do this <laughs> Well, listen, I don't, that is very I don't sweet. know this, but for the first several months of the pandemic, Alex and I did a online workout program where Alex would work out and I would complain <laughs> <laughs> about working out. 
Oh it my was gosh. called Kicking Coronas. And basically, we just woke up at 9 a.m. every morning and we were so driven at first. We were like, okay. Um, it well, so it was it was stage combat inspired. So like it had something to do with that, because like neither of us really, you know, is a legit human when it comes to working out and telling people what to do with their bodies in that way. Right. Um, but we like, we were so legit at the start. We were like, okay, this is the muscle group we're going to focus on. And then it turned into us rolling into our basements at 8.57 mm -hmm. in the morning, being like, the Wi-Fi isn't working. <laughs> but we told everyone we'd be here. But we did it for 12 weeks. Wow. We missed maybe one day. We missed wow. maybe one day. Yeah. That is a big accomplishment. 12 weeks. That's, that's incredible. Especially at such a, a weird and volatile time with so little consistency. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I remember you talking about that, Alex, when we were working together a little bit and thinking that's really great for them to do that. <laughs> <laughs> But no. That's basically what I heard. Like we had some people who tuned in and like every once in a while at the start, we would get people to like send us videos and pictures of them working out along with us and them of their swords and stuff. But then it was mostly just like them taking pictures and being like, I'm having fun watching you. And it's like, okay, how successful is this if we're not actually motivating people to like get up? Right. But you know, it was good for us. Boom. I needed it. It was good for us. Yeah, absolutely. So you all met during Coriolanus. Mm -hmm. What, how did that relationship evolve into you all kind of being, what's the word yeah. for it? Collaborators? Are you, are you business partners? Work wives. Work wives? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I say partner, I think. I say partner if I am asked in a professional situation sure but that's about it um so yeah jackson i met uh like so that was what summer 2017 and then right a, like uh maybe a few months after that i got the idea for hustling creative and i was like okay um who are other people who i can collaborate with and i knew that i wanted to reach out to people who had their hand in the arts but then in something else and right around that time, Jax posted something about this consent workshop she was hosting. And I was like, that's freaking awesome. And then we got on the phone and we chatted. And I think that we kind of collaborated off and on for about six months. To, but to be honest, it wasn't a consistent thing until COVID. So it's mm. like, that's such a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, you touched a little bit on hustling creative and what that is. I wanted to, that was my next question was, can you go a little bit in depth, both of you about these respective companies, the hustling creative and Arte Violente? Is that how you pronounce it? I've only seen it on paper. Yeah. I, I pronounce it Arte Violenta. I'm probably okay. butchering it. I like sure, yours sure, though, sure. Caroline. <laughs> I'm going to start saying it like that. It's, it's going to take on some like sort of Latin accent. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just like total bastardization of whatever Spanish my dad spoke when he grew up in Uruguay. But it's, it's. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Missionary kid. They were trying to spread American fascism to the heathens in Latin America. 
It's successful. a whole mood. It's, a, oh, yes, they were. America, I don't know if you know this, Alex, but the United mm. States was very successful in implementing many different military dictatorships in Latin America. Well, I met your dad. Yes. I met your dad. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I say that because he was a missionary kid and Southern Baptist, and it was all very much two sides of the same coin, where mm. it was the kind of religion, the kind of Christianity that was very like Ayn Rand inspired, very much like bootstraps put under God in the pledge. And now we're going to go to all these countries and where socialism has been the thing. And we're going to brainwash them into thinking that it is not the good thing and be like, hey, you should really like these military dictatorships that we're going to put in here. And that's like probably just such a one-dimensional explanation of what happened in Uruguay. And so I apologize for anyone who's listening no, who's like, right. you are full of it. But anyway, hence my really lazy Latin accent. <laughs> which was a roundabout way. So, um, yes, Jax, tell me about your company. <laughs> I will. So um, it's, a, it's a stage combat company. So what I do through it is I primarily I teach stage combat. I, I have group stage combat lessons, and for a long time they were in person, of course. And now we are we are experimenting with online stage combat classes and so far they're going surprisingly well for a a, a very partner-based mm. art it has been going very very well but the so that's what it is like that's what we do is we learn we train stage combat but more than that more specifically it's this is going to sound so cheesy, but I mean it from the bottom of my, of my heart. It's a community. It's it's all about bringing a community of people who enjoy storytelling and who enjoy moving and who enjoy being around other amazing people. Mm. And because a lot of my students are actors, a lot of them are professional actors, but there's also a, a huge portion of them that are hobbyists. They do stage combat because they want to they like the fitness aspect of it, or they just like to fight with swords, or they like to be around like-minded nerds. So it, it really reaches a lot of different um, people and, and and people's interests. And yeah. it's uh, oh, it's just been it's been my it's been my heart for the past several years. I started in Philadelphia because that's where I lived for a long time, and I recently moved to New York right before the pandemic, and now I've got a. A, a chapter in New York and it's just been, oh, it's, it makes me so happy. <laughs> that's this, this wonderful. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine that that that's gotta be such a cool outlet for so many different kinds of people. I just had an image of, I've been watching, um, what we do in the shadows and there's just this one scene of like the, the dungeons and dragons, like role-playing kids. And they're just <laughs> like standing around with all these swords. I'm like, I bet role-playing kids would love to take follow me everything is all right something happening here sorry hold on a second this is going to get edited out but some random music just started playing and i don't know if y'all were able to hear that but i sure was 
It was what? What's that song? It was for the. It's for the Twitch. Yeah. What? It's our. It's someone subscribed. Oh, is that the subscribe? Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Yay, thank you, subscriber. Oh my. If someone subscribes on the Twitch, it goes, follow me, everything is alright. So maybe so everything is still Yeah, leave this in. <laughs> because it's a follower. Holy shit. That I love that. I was like, something terrible is happening. <laughs> I fucked it up again. No, we're great. This is great. In fact, it's good news, everyone. We'll cut that out on the podcast, but uh, for all those Whoever listeners... just subscribed should get a special prize, whoever that was. <laughs> anyway, wow. Um, yeah, D&D nerds, I bet, get a lot of, of, of great stuff out of, out of fight combat and also, you know, all sorts of different people. Um, anyway. Yeah. It's um, so funny because when we started when we started the when we went into the pandemic and we started online stuff, we were like, what are we as a community gonna do? So we started like bi-monthly readings and some get-togethers. And then we started a, a handful of us started a DD campaign. And I've never played Dungeons and Dragons before. So I'm brand new to it. And now like nine months later, I'm still brand new to it and I don't know what right. I'm doing. But it's the most fun yeah. I've had ever. There's there is a really great for picking Kronos. <laughs> yes, the most fun thing Jax has ever done, kicking Kronos. <laughs> yeah, number one. You heard and it here Dungeons first. And Dragons. <laughs> um, there's a great play about Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if you if you know this play, She Kills Monsters. Yes. I love yeah, that play so much. My fiance, I believe, is friends with the writer. He comes from the stage combat community, I believe, because I know a lot of stage combat practitioners know this person. I've not met them. But wow. It truly is. After this episode. Such a small world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and, and stage combat is such a lovely intersection of role-playing games and theater and cardio. I did some stage <laughs> combat we, we had, I did a, um, a production of Be More Chill a couple summers ago, and we had like an entire Sunday that was dedicated to learning all this stage combat stuff, because there's a lot of stage combat in the show, um, especially towards the end. So it was just, it was, it was a sweaty time, but incredibly fun and, and just like so cool to see like what stories you can tell with your body. Um, when, when, I, I yeah. want to clarify though, you weren't just in a production of Be More Chill. Okay, <laughs> just just wanted to throw that in there. Sure, 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 sure. So I was yeah, the, I was that, the squip in Be yeah. More Chill, and I sang it in in the boy key, and it was oh it God. was the hardest thing I've ever done. And also, we had a really kick ass stage combat workshop in the, during those rehearsals. Um, I I love what you what you said about having virtual like classes and things like that that's so cool I have been all about trying to find out figure out the ways to do things virtually for our you know theater community and I, I teach at, at imagination stage and everything is virtual right now and it's weird I'm almost in in like 
month seven or eight of doing all this virtual stuff. And it, wow. it it's weird how it's still like, I'm not used to it, but also it feels a little second nature and it feels like, of course this works. Hmm. Is that how, what's your experience been like with that? Jacqueline. So when, when we first started again, when we entered into this apocalypse, I, and Alex will remember this, I was like, I'm not teaching stage combat online. Because you were a snob. I was, 100%. You were a snob. It's like, this is, I'm not doing it. I don't care if other people are doing it. This is dumb. I'm not doing it. And then I went into my fourth or fifth month of being unemployed. And I was like, ah, I have no other transferable skills. Maybe I'll try this. <laughs> and I, I kind of went into it begrudgingly, which is horrible to say, but it's true. I, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to start throwing spaghetti at the wall and eating whatever sticks. And I did. And it, it has, it's, it's grown on me. And it's, I've found, there are some things that I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. This is so difficult because sometimes it feels like, and I'm sure you've experienced this, yeah. teaching into a void because you don't have that biofeedback. You don't really have, unless you're working with children, it's quiet because everybody's on mute. So it's really, it's hard in that way. But then there are other things that I've found that I'm like, I'm going to keep this even when we go back in person. This Like Google Classroom, Google Slides. Yes. It changed my life. 100% yes. Yeah, I'm never going back. And I can share things more easily. We can watch yes. YouTube videos. I can share other people's stuff. Like I can I can point them to other teachers because a, a big part of, of what I find is really helpful is for people to train with a lot of different people and learn a lot mm. of different styles. So it's so much easier now to be like, go train with this person. Hey, here's a link that like shows you all their stuff. Let's watch it together, you know? So I found that it, it is, there are, a lot of aspects that are really great and they do feel second nature and there are still some aspects where I'm like are you do you think I'm funny because I used to be funny in person but I can't hear you laugh and yeah. I don't know if your thumbs up I don't know yeah yeah I'll go cry and then it'll be fine <laughs> teach again tomorrow yes. oh my gosh so Alex tell me um what has hustling creative been up to during quarantine even sure. though I know some of it, because I was involved with a with a tiny slice of it. But tell yes. me anyway. Well, you still are. Um, yes. So, I mean, I haven't had to worry about wondering whether or not I'm still funny, because, like, I wasn't funny before. It's really we convenient. Online. It's very convenient. It's, like, lo lost nothing. Lost nothing. <laughs> um, but basically, I started the Hustling Creative, um, honestly... 2019 was my first year of business so it's not like I really I was still in that stage of throwing things at the wall all I basically knew I wanted out of the company was um I think it's so wrong that people who have the courage to pledge their lives to creating beauty for other people aren't given the tools they need um to live a full life of their own and um, uh, particularly it was born out of just this frustration at higher education. And, um, so at first I started the hustling creative as a, 
professional services company that was pretty education-based because that's what I know. I come from an edutainment background. I used to give um, give seminars across the country, particularly on like Title IX, which is how um, how Jackson Die connected over consenty stuff. Um, but because there was a shutdown in um, in March of 2020, which was like 11 months after my business actually started, um, Jackson and I were kind of on a roll. We had some other partners involved. We were doing a consent workshop um, at the Kennedy Center with one of our partners, Suzanne Richard, and um, it was um, it, it was about accessibility and consent. Mm -hmm. And then. COVID hit and um, it felt like we lost all this momentum, but then it, it was literally just, um, I remember I would just like, like go, go take a hot shower, cleanse my brain. And I'd be thinking, like, I would just hear from Game of Thrones. I just hear like chaos is a ladder over and over in my head. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to spin this? Like what's going to happen? How are we going to make this work? And so now with the company, as you've experienced, because you are my little guinea pig, um, I took my business plan as um, as a young business owner and basically just created it into a template in order to teach other artists how to start their own businesses, whether it's a side hustle or a project they've been putting off for a really long time. Um, so that's been a ton of fun and really, really rewarding. And then aside from that, I've been... Um, which Jackson and I have worked on together quite a bit. Um, we've started doing online fundraising because a lot of nonprofits who are doing the work mm. of helping people who are hurting right now yeah. need um, need a way to get people emotionally invested um, because we can't be together. And so that's when artists come in because it's like, we know how to make you feel things. So um yeah, we've been uh, we've been doing that, and then just uh, just by virtue of serving these two different sets of clients, um, we also do strategic marketing, so um, graphic design, websites, that sort of thing. So, yeah, just uh, just throwing stuff at the wall, and uh, and really just like yes, anding, anding. Yeah, I don't know. I I will yes and that phrase. Thank you, thank you. I just didn't know <laughs> if it worked as a. Um, what, what is that present perfect past part is I ing you said this was an edu educational yeah educational I, I i would have said <sighs> verb so <laughs> oh the, my gosh one. it's the doing one yeah it's, it's the, doing the one. It, it's not do it's doing because do ing ing. Yeah. Full yeah. circle. It, see, yeah. We're, yeah. we're ending. We're ending. We are yes ending. I'm my eight-year-old in here and ask him because I'm pretty sure he's working on that in school right oh now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I sensible little plug for the hustling creative, but truly like that, I needed that. Like what a wonderful outlet, especially at the beginning of the pandemic and when, when so many of us are just feeling a loss of self and purpose. Um, and you know, we, we still are quite largely have been a little forgotten by the federal government, I would say. And so it's just been a year. It's been a whole year of, of not being at the top of anyone's list and knowing that our industry is going to be one of the 
last, if not the last, to fully open again. It's just um, so being able to work with you and and help you and you help me uh, just focus on like going back to the basics, going back to like who am I as an artist? What do I want to do? And what's the best way for me to to actually do that? Um, it was that's so, good. so oh, invaluable. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm it's so glad. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why I created this podcast is it's because it, of your help and your encouragement. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm working yeah, on it, a musical now. Like I just feel yeah. like really like driven, like there's like a, there's a focal point that I'm like driving towards. And oh, a lot of so that good. is because of, of, of your help, your business, your encouragement, your know-how, oh. the way you word things in sessions. Yeah. It's just great. Oh, I really appreciate it because, um, so for, for our listeners and our <laughs> new subscriber, um, so, <laughs> um, it's actually really beautiful because it came full circle because you reached out to me, um, when after we had a top girls reunion yeah. and then amanda and karina were your first guests here which yes. is incredible um but no that's really encouraging to hear because um i was so worried because you were one of my first guinea pigs who i like tried out this program on and uh and you were it was to start an acting studio which i have no doubt 100 that like whenever you're ready to like yeah. release that it will just like burst out but the like and I love that this is a podcast and you've got a musical now and but I was worried because I was I was like I haven't heard from Caroline about her teaching business I wasn't helpful at all oh my god so. no you were you were so helpful and in fact that's the other part of it which is like that was the original thing because you know quarantine I was like how the hell am I going to make money yeah. um right well I mean you know other money things have happened but I I recently was just incredibly lucky to move into a beautiful apartment and have the space that I would need to, to create my own studio. And I've been talking to a couple of people who are interested in taking lessons and I've done a couple like virtual ones so far. And I, I can't believe I asked you to do this podcast and never at any point before we started recording, did I go, Oh, by the way, things are happening, <laughs> but here we are. Um, by the way, Alex, it's, it's, it's working. So thank you. Oh, good. Good. Well, I'm, I'm also so glad that you and Jax are on a call right now too, because one of the last things that you expressed a lot of creative energy about was the idea of playing with the screen as a stage and yeah. as a physical space, which I love. And I think that that's a great conversation to have with Jax too. I'm sure you guys oh. would just like make beautiful things. App would love to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I've been talking a lot with my students too, is how, you know, like my acting students, how are you going to look at this little two-dimensional thing and, mm -hmm. and remember that even though that's what you're seeing, you're still in a three-dimensional space and you can create texture and dimension and interest in that. Um, yeah, yeah, virtual stuff. It, we can virtual do it. Um, I have a question for both of you. How, this is a little bit of a pivot, um, because I'm leading the conversation where I want it to go, mwahaha, puppet master. How do the, if at all, the political and social issues affecting our communities that we're in, in our country, 
This is a terribly written sentence. I'm so sorry. <laughs> here for it. Everywhere. How do all the issues going on in our country affect you as business owners and as women? Hmm. Woof. I know so you sent much. me this question, but I'm still like at a loss. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Jax take this one first. <laughs> it oh god, it's effect I I have to say, so consent has affected everything that I did up until everything that's happened in this last year, because it's not 2020 mm. anymore, last year. Wow. But now it what's happening in the world or in our country affects everything I do now. And I mean like when I'm creating art and then just me as a person, but we'll talk about when I'm creating art specifically. Because you have to be so aware. I mean, you've got the Me Too movement, right? And Black Lives Matter movement and making sure that everything is as equitable as possible and making sure that the consent is not only just a conversation you're having, but a conversation you're constantly having, hmm. but also something you're constantly practicing and modeling. So I, I think that everything that's going on has shaped everything. And also, I mean, everything has been in such turmoil right and I mean things have shifted but it's everything is still up in the air nobody nobody knows what's going on so we've got to be mindful of that as well like people come into our space like say you have a rehearsal and somebody comes into the rehearsal you've got to be mindful hmm. of you know they may be in a real rough place and they don't have to tell you about it but as someone like as me as a teacher or me as a choreographer it's my job to make sure that they are as safe as I can help them be so that's always in the back of my mind like let's just be gentle and be encouraging and push them but also you know be aware of their boundaries mm -hmm. give them space to for them to be able to speak their boundaries I don't know. That's a hard question to answer, I think, because it's just everything affects everything that's going on affects everything that I do as an artist and a teacher. If that mm -hmm. if any of that made sense, I just got real passionate and said a lot of words. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. And I, I think it's it's such a great reminder and a lesson for any of us who want to be educators or caretakers in any sense yeah. of the word of other people and other artists um, to really remember that the world that we're experiencing affects us and it affects other people, especially when you're in a role like a choreographer or, or teacher, like you said, to really, really keep that in mind that, yeah, what a lovely reminder. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that I really love about Jax is that, um, so I think that what makes her such a great partner for me personally is like, Jax is so community oriented and that's such a huge part of her business and who she is. And I started a business to escape everyone. I started a business so that I wouldn't need anyone. <laughs> I started a business because I was like, um, I, I just had this, uh, like this fear as do so many young artists. I had this fear of like throwing my everything into this craft and into this industry and then waking up 20 years later and having nothing to show for it. Hmm. And so I started a business, honestly, as a defense mechanism to be like, well, if like, even if I don't make it, at least if I can just like 
package the things that I learn along the way. Mm. And if I can squirrel them away and disseminate them in a way that makes me money and gives other people value, then we'll be Gucci. I've never said that before. I regret it. Um, but I regret it. Perfect. I'll send you a TikTok <laughs> later. It was really Gucci. <laughs> I, oh, oh my gosh. The more I hear it, the <laughs> worse about myself I feel. <laughs> but I, I think that being, um, I, I think that being in this point in our industry and in the world and in our, in our bodies and very much in ourselves has kind of taught me like both how right I was and how wrong I was because like, what a fool I was to think that we wouldn't need each other. Hmm. But at the same time, um, I did like, I, I didn't start a business thinking that I, had all the answers and I was going to give them away. I kind of started a business with the intention that I will learn and I will mess up, but then I'll, I'll make something out of it later to give to somebody else. And like, that's kind of been what this entire year has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that not to get like philosophical, but I do think that the act of saying, I don't know, I'm here to figure it out. Do you want to join me? That that humility is a is a political act because that's not really something that we do yeah. in um, in in our politics and um, on the world stage, anywhere. Um, that surrender and that humility just doesn't really come naturally. Even as performers, we're taught to like have it all together. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I, and I guess like um, for example, one of the really topical things is. Um, I have never felt racial anxiety before this, um, before this year. And that is a, I mean, that's a massive privilege that like I grew up so unaware and so sheltered and like thinking I was white (laughs) because Mm. yeah, because like that's awesome. But, um, but at the same time, I think that, um, I mean, I'm really thankful to be going through it now when I have a community around me who I can learn it with and who can help me and I have gotten over my um my pride and whatever misguided conceptions of mental health I had and like gotten into therapy and like I was in a place to kind of like receive all these things happening but um but but I think in general I'm I I mean like what's happening to people just as a result of everything going on is just horrible but for and of course, but, um, but for, for me personally, like, I'm really thankful to be, um, ha- having this richer life experience in, I mean, honestly, like a really safe way. And even to say that is very privileged and like, yeah, yeah I understand that. So. Yeah, no, I, I can yeah. totally relate to that. It's, this is, this year has been the worst year of so many people's lives and it is such a privilege and a stroke of luck to be able to say this has also been a year where, you know, there's been incredible vulnerability and strength and like also a deepening and an enrichment of of passion for the arts and and being able to do a lot of self-care. And that is, yeah, it's lucky to be able to say that. Absolutely. Um, one thing you said earlier about 
how starting your business was was almost like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think what a what a lovely, honest, vulnerable thing to say. Um, and I I totally relate to it because I started writing this musical kind of as a defense mechanism, like kind of all the songs that I write and have written since I was a teenager have been like born out of, you know, hurt feelings or extreme pain or like just Mm -hmm. a way to like get it out and almost like to lash out a little bit. And it kind of was for me to say, well, fuck it. If I'm not doing any theater right now, if no one wants me right now Mm. because of this, this and this, then, and no one wants to hear what I have to say, then I'm going to just fucking write it. Um, and, and it has turned into just this really lovely, therapeutic, interesting, healthy exploration. But I, I think it's, it's, there's a lot of power in being able to say, this is why something started and now I'm in a completely different place and that's not the reason I do this anymore. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear about more of your musical whenever. It's, it's I, I'm excited about it. It's really dark. I'm it's so about glad. actually one of the reasons, like we're talking about consent tonight. So let's just go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to yeah, put a, I'm going to put a content warning at the top of this episode, but I will say, um, cause we're getting into just the questions of mine that have to do with intimacy choreography and consent and things like that. So mm-hmm. if there's anyone listening who needs to step away and, doesn't want to be around if we're talking about things like sexual assault, because I'm about to go there, if that's okay with you two as well. Absolutely. Okay, great. So since you asked, my musical is about uh, kind of just me or or a character who is not so loosely based on me trying to figure out how to deal with PTSD from a sexual assault, Um, which is like very much like what my own life and situation is too. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's so much the life of so many theater people. Um, and it's things that people have experienced outside of theater and then they come to the theater as a refuge, but it's also something that people experience in the theater community. Um, and one of the things that happened last summer, um, last year, along with this really incredible reawakening and and reckoning with Black Lives Matter is that there were a lot of talks about what do we do with sexual abusers? Um, And the two conversations kind of overlapped. And um, I think, Jax, you said something earlier about how, you know, different things overlapping and figuring out the best way for there to be equity and making sure I'm totally misrepresenting what you said, because it was like 10 minutes ago and time is meaningless. Um, time has no meaning. But do you know, do you know what I'm trying to reference what, what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. And, and this certainly last summer was not the first time that we've seen stuff like this happen. Um, and so I did want to ask you, Jax, what, and, and before I ask you personally, um, individually, the two of you have worked together on consent workshops is that, is that correct? Mm-hmm. What is, tell me about that. What, what is that usually like? Um, what are the kinds of things that you discuss and, and teach the people who take these workshops? So a big part of these consent workshops is formed around self-advocacy. I can't. 
That's it. It's this running thing. Jax can't say the word advocacy. She just said it. <laughs> but Apparently. did you see how hard it was for her? Okay, yes. <laughs> but like... I don't know why. <laughs> I'm sure my therapist can help me with it, but I have a really difficult time saying the word advocacy. Um, but that's what the workshops are about. They're, they're centered on self-advocacy. <laughs> We're never going to get past this. Identifying your emotions and, and trusting yourself and learning how to look at a situation and be able to assess for yourself, is this a, a dangerous situation? And am I uncomfortable because I feel like I am in danger? Or am I uncomfortable hmm. because this is just new and different? Wow. And where are my boundaries? What am I willing to push? What boundaries am I willing to push? What boundaries am I willing to kind of play with? And what boundaries, what hard boundaries am I setting for myself? What, what am I saying no to? And there are no there are no exceptions to that. Um, that's a big part of it. I, I, I take a lot from DBT, from dialectical behavior. Behavior therapy, yeah. Yes, which has changed my life. Um, so I, I have taken a lot of things from that and I've put that together into this workshop and, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of just practice work, right? Like we all know, we all know, you know, if you don't want something, you say no, right? And it's so easy to say that it's so easy to be like, oh, they're going to ask me this and I'm not cool with that. So I'm just going to say no. Right. Like I've even like been up on my high horse and been like, oh, if I, cause I'm not a big huggy person. Right. But if I go into a group of, of theater people, then I get, you get hugged. Everybody wants to hug, right? Not now, but you know, before we were all killing each other, we want to hug. And I'm not a big huggy person unless I know somebody. So I'll just, I like on my way to gatherings, I'll be like, oh, I'll, I teach consent. I'll just be like, no, no, thank you. I'm, I'm actually not a hugger or whatever. But then in the moment I freeze because I haven't practiced it because it's just been in my head, hmm. right? Like I think a million times a day, oh, I can do a backflip. It doesn't look that hard. Like I'll just do a backflip, right? But I know if I were to just try it without yeah. practice, I'm going to die. Exactly. I, mean, I, I imagine myself on So You Think You Can Dance, like every waking moment of every day but that does not mean that wow. if I try it it's gonna do good at all <laughs> it doesn't mean it won't work but I mean chances are if you haven't practiced it's not gonna go super well the first time yeah. so uh, another big component of these workshops is we we practice things we practice scenarios and because they're workshops unless we're doing a, a multi-day intensive everything stays very light and mm -hmm. we keep it very light. We keep it very simple. And it's just the act of exploring different ways to say yes or no, or maybe, right. Uh, different ways to maybe change your mind, mm. different, different simple scenarios. We can watch each other play out some scenarios. We can all talk about what everybody saw in a scenario because what people see is different. What people experience, we could watch the same scene mm every single person who watches it can have a completely different experience and you don't know about their experiences unless you talk about it so sometimes it's really great to just hear what other people have experienced and and have that opportunity to say you know what I never thought about that I never even considered that this might be something that could make somebody uncomfortable yeah. right 
so it's a lot of very practical stuff it's a lot of I'm a very emotional person so it's a lot of like let's talk about our emotions and our feelings and you know uh yeah so that's 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 basically in a in a, a nutshell that's what it is I mean there's a lot more little components to it but that's basically what it is learning how to advocate for yourself learning how to to set your boundaries, learning how to stick to your own boundaries and learning when and how to negotiate those boundaries. Because of, just because you say you're, you're not comfortable with something, that doesn't mean that can't change for you. Mm. You just need to be aware. What, why is it changing for you? Is it changing for you because you truly are in a place where you can experiment a little more or is it changing for you because you've, you're feeling that pressure? And in the arts, there's so much pressure, so much pressure. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. incredible. I I was like observing in myself just a quickened heart rate pulse when you were saying things like self-advocacy or, you know, when you were laughing through trying to say self-advocacy. I'm sorry we <laughs> ruined your moment. I'm sorry we ruined whatever was going on inside of you. No, no, it's good. But, but... But just thinking about how like I am so bad at that. I and I'm also really bad and I I wonder I'm reading this book right now called The Body Keeps the Score. I love that book. We talk about this book all the time. My bae, he got it for one. me for Christmas and I'm so glad no. that he did. Um uh, because like I, you know, I too yeah. have been in therapy. Like we do. And, you know, just really for the first time in my life, like talking about all these things that happened to me in theater, beginning in high school and, and having someone actually say, this is PTSD. What you have is PTSD. And just thinking about how I, I, I'm fairly early in the book right now. I'm only, only on page like 70 or so, but I've been so fascinated um, about what what he says about how the amygdala or like what I call the lizard brain about how it it really is after a traumatic instance, it's unable to discern whether things are dangerous or just uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. and and so it, it makes me think that a workshop like this would be for someone like me, very stressful and very helpful in, in figuring those things out. Um, yeah. I, have you ever thought about, or how much has, has, um, has thinking about the way like this could be, has it ever crossed your mind that this could be, you could be doing a form of therapy for, for people who are working through trauma? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I want to be very careful when I tread mm. that line. I'm not a therapist. I am not a trained social worker. I, I, I have been through a ton of therapy, right? <laughs> right. I have a lot of knowledge about how therapy works uh, for me, but I'm not a, a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to be very careful about that. And, and that's why it's part of why I keep things very light when we do these workshops, because while I, I do have mental health first aid and I keep pretty on top of that training, I can certainly help a lot of people through some situations if they're starting to panic or if mm. they find themselves um, feeling too much. But I am, I am not trained to help somebody in crisis. Yeah. And the point of this consent workshop is it's not therapy. I, it, it absolutely can be therapeutic. And I've had mm-hmm. a lot of 
people come to me and, and say that it's been therapeutic for them. And I think that's wonderful and that's great, but it's not designed to be therapy. It is designed to help you start thinking about consent and about your boundaries and yourself in a, in a different way. And if somebody, and I've had a few people come to me with, you know, this is triggered a lot. Can I talk to sure. you about this more? And there've been instances where I've had to say, I, I really love that you can trust me with this, but I'm going to have to refer you to somebody professional. Yeah. Because if you were, if they were to go into some kind of crisis, if something were to happen, I'm not, again, I'm not trained. Yeah. So I want to keep everything very light and, and very, um, you know, we push boundaries and we touch on things, but we don't go super deep like you would in therapy. Right. It's right. for the same reason I really, you know, there are people that treat theater like therapy. There are people that take certain roles because they want to work through something in their life. And I, I oh, I, it just, it's so I don't know if this is okay for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. That's so wrong. It's because theater is not therapy. And mm. if you are on top of, can I say that bad word? <laughs> Absolutely, you can. <laughs> if you're on top of your shit, right? Like if you are in therapy or you have gone through some kind of trauma and you've come out on the other side and you want to tap into that to do a role, that's fine. That's great because you know how to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. but if you are still in that trauma, however long it happened to go, if you're still in it, you have no business diving into that in a public space, on a stage, in front of people who could be triggered by you, with people that could be triggered or physically or emotionally harmed by you. It's, it's not, you have no business doing that. It's not okay. Go mm. get your therapy, work through it, however is, is best for you. And then when you're on top of your shit, then come back and then explore that. When when you know, oh, I'm being triggered by this right now. I know what I need to do. I have an action plan in place to keep myself and everybody around me safe. So that's, that's. I just went on a soap box, like seven of them stacked on top of each other. But that's <laughs> similar to how I feel about the consent workshops. I don't want to dive too deep into anything. I don't want anyone to, to relive their trauma. I don't yeah. want anyone to work through their trauma. I want to introduce new ideas, new mm. concepts, help. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. Blah. No, that's, gonna... that's fantastic. And I, I, I think at least the, the, the shit show of a high school that I went to where I, I had a teacher who really romanticized that sort of thing. I think Such that's something thing. that is everywhere. Was it a dude? Right? No. Okay. No, she's a lady sociopath. Mm -hmm. um, but she, no, she's those do the worst. exist. They do. They sure yeah. do. Um, yeah. But I, I, I see that all over the place, and I, and I see it in, 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 in extremes. And also, I, something about substitution as, as an idea. I, I, just, I don't know. I was taught substitution at a very young age and I started without being told, Hey, this could be a potentially dangerous thing. I started on my own tapping into really traumatic things in order to get a result and was getting praised yeah. on the result. And I, I, I feel like yeah. a lot of people go down in, in that just cyclical sort of it's, it's, it's a trap and it's so dangerous, like you said, and dangerous, not only for you, but for other people, your, your, 
like your coworkers or the people witnessing it in, um, in the audience. And especially the more I teach, the more I'm like, I don't want to teach substitution to these children. I, there are other ways to tap into honest human emotions than, yeah. There's my little soapbox. It's not seven soapboxes, but it's like two and a half. Um, yeah. <laughs> Perfect amount of soapboxes. Yeah. Just call me Amanda Palmer. I'm the bride on the soapbox. Alex, do you have anything you want to add? And I also just remembered that we did a show together that was very much about women dealing with trauma and mm-hmm. all like top girls, the, the whole, especially the character that you played, um, mm-hmm. really just, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, can I say that would have been a much different role now and would mm-hmm. have required so much more now. Um, I, I'm sure that some of your listeners know Top Girls. Um, this is the character of Lady Nijo, who is the only Asian. The only um, Asian. The only Asian. And um, thank you, Carol. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I mean, as long as there's one, right? Exactly. At least it wasn't. Yeah. A character who's supposed to be black, but supposed to be played by a white person. Cough, cough. Cloud nine. Which, other than that, is such a brilliant play. And I'm just like, Carol! But, you know, in the 70s, that was considered progressive. Can you imagine? Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Lady Nijo. And it, that does make me wonder, too. That makes me wonder about what are the things that we're going to be saying or our kids are going to be saying or our daughters are going to be saying about this time. Oh, absolutely. And the decisions that we're making. Like, not, not even, like, the Trumps of the world, but, like, the decisions that we're making. And they're going to be like, can you believe that Alex, Caroline, and Jax thought they were so progressive. And like, I hope so. Yeah. I hope we look like fools. I hope that things have progressed that much. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say that um, I am not, um, I I'm, I'm, don't have very much training, as you know, Caroline, and I'm sure I've told you, Jax, like I don't have very much training as an actor. I, um, I studied classical music and you do not learn how to act. You learn how to hand out muffins. Um, anyway, um, so yeah. Um, but, but I mean, honest, I mean, thank God a show like that happens in a place where, where we could be held, you know, like, I mean, I was the baby of the group and I was also, um, very much apart from the process, um, that specific process, because I was like finishing up another show or something, I don't remember. Um, but like the fact that the group that was assembled what was it was able to just like hold space in that way is just yeah. that that's incredible. And I consider that a dodged bullet. And it's like that should not be the case. Yeah. Um and, and it's crazy too, because it's like you should have the freedom to learn on the job because that's what other professions do who are paid way more. They figure it out as they go. Um, and, and so I guess where Jack and I kind of, um, I, I personally, I have training as a, um, as someone who presents on this material. Um, I stopped um, working for the nonprofit that I did that with around the time of, um, 
Yeah, I think I gave my last Title IX seminar like two weeks after Me Too exploded. Hmm. Um, because, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it didn't sit well. It didn't sit right. The material didn't sit right. And I didn't know why, um, which is crazy because it was written by two white middle-aged men. And yet I was like, why, why, don't, why isn't this, why isn't this hitting? Why is why isn't this resonating? Come on guys. Like no means no. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So I guess what my hope and dream is that respect is a reflex, like not just hmm. saying no and not just protecting yourself, but treating another person with respect and treating them with consideration and humility and also service, like being of service to your audience and the the other actor next to you, whatever your artistic medium is, whoever you're collaborating with in that moment, being of service to them. And that's only like, that, that comes with getting used to saying and hearing no yes i've changed my mind all of those things yeah. so yeah and, and i mean like i i think that you you touched on this caroline about being um being rewarded for the output yeah and that's huge and that's something that is so um that is so scary um especially because you think about our field and it's not we, we, I don't, cons like, being results-driven isn't necessarily an adjective that comes to mind when I think of the arts. Um, it is supposed to be about the journey and the process and things, but when you're rewarded for a certain outcome, when you're rewarded for saying yes, when you're rewarded for not taking your five mm -hmm. and running lines instead, when you're rewarded for, like, any amount of things, then like when you're literally rewarded for the performance of it exactly exactly that's conditioned that's mm. conditioned and um something that i'm really excited about and i think we can talk about it because yes, um please. it's 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 real it's real but it only happened a few hours ago so Jax and i will actually be collaborating with a therapist on our next consent workshop next month oh so, my yeah. god yeah, oh my god i'm super excited yeah that so is this is this workshop is it open for people to sign up for is it a yes okay. and can I please tell you I, please. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them Jax we <laughs> so like Jax and I didn't like prepare our answers or anything for today but we were like okay we need a specific call to action so then we were like I guess we better put some workshops on the calendar <laughs> but we have been talking about doing things yes. <laughs> like we'll just we need to pick dates and then we'll figure out what we're doing later. Okay. Boom. Hit it. Okay. That's a good I don't remember it. what our date is. I will find it. Yes. I will find it as we continue speaking. Yes, absolutely. It's March 24th. It's March 24th. March 24th. And there's a therapist mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. So you get the, the brain health side of it and you get the artistic health side of it. I yeah. freaking love that. Yeah, um, you, you both have mentioned Title IX a couple times. Can you can you tell me what is Title IX and what was it about who wrote it and the Me Too movement that kind of changed the way you saw it? Sure, sure. So, um, so Title IX, I I, ta I taught on a few of these, um, just like um. And like anti-discrimination, harassment, um, sexual violence types of um, types of stipulations that go into the framework of most 
colleges and universities around the country. And that also means equal opportunity as well. Um, not that that is any assurance whatsoever, um, but yes. I'm sorry, what was the other part of your question? Um, so you with Title IX, what you've been doing with it, and then you also talked about how you gave your last seminar, chat, lecture, discussion after Me Too. So what was it about Me Too that made you want to distance yourself from it, I guess? Sure, sure. Um, so I don't know where all of you were in the fall of 2017 or whenever that happened. Um, but for me, this was one of my, um, this was my first job out of college. I was an educational performer touring the country, um, giving these seminars at colleges and universities. Um, and I gave this talk at a community college and it was like, it was very much trying to be the lighthearted skim the surface. I, I don't know if that's actually accurate, but like the, the lighthearted feel that Jax was talking about, but it just wasn't hitting right. And it's not, it, it, it truly is not the fault of the people who wrote it. Hmm. It's just the fact that like suddenly no means no sounds different three weeks later. Like, you know, mm. summer 2017 versus fall 2017. It, and not that it ever means, it, not that it ever meant, excuse me, not that it ever meant something different, but it just lands differently. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of where I learned too, that it's like, okay, these are real things. Like all of these stipulations that schools are putting in place and things like that, these are real. These are supposed to hold weight, but unless people are emotionally moved and emotionally connected and not even like emotionally in the way that we think about it, but like know in your gut that like no means no and I need to respect this human being or whatever it is that these, that these titles are actually supposed to stand for, unless they have this visceral experience with it, they're not gonna know. And that's when I was like, okay, we don't just need legislature. We don't just mm -hmm. need rules. We need, um, we, like we we need our we need open minds and open hearts to receive them and to act on them and that's when i was like i got to start my own thing like mm. artists have to do this artists with other people of course but artists have to do this so yeah yeah i don't know what jax's experience is with that with all of that time i uh i i studied title 9 when i became a teacher with the Society of American Fight Directors because we had to. And um, so I remember reading it. I remember learning it. And then I, I haven't I haven't gone back to it a whole lot, which might be a horrible thing to admit to, but I just haven't. Um, but with the Me Too movement, I don't remember where I was when like the Profiles Theater, all of that dropped. But I remember I remember being horrified. Yes, of course, it was a horrible thing to read. It was a horrible thing to happen. But I was also not surprised, hmm. which horrified me even more. Hmm. Because I, you know, I've seen this abuse happen. I've, I've had abuse happen too, right? In, in theaters and, and in productions. And it, it was, this, this might sound awful, but it was this almost sense of relief hmm. of thank God we're finally talking about this yeah. because we really hadn't been 
like there's always the conversation of oh so and so that guy like oh we shouldn't work with him because he does this and he did this but it was nothing was ever done about it it just was it just happened and you had to just deal with it and god forbid if you were in the room if something did happen to you i mean what are your choices hmm. go along or lose a job mm-hmm. right and so i was just so relieved that oh thank god this is a this is a national conversation like this is something that is hitting big and it's hitting hard and it's hitting fast and everybody's talking about that you say me too and everybody knows what you're talking about mm-hmm. and uh yeah I mean that's kind of all I really have to say <laughs> about that in this moment but it was just such a relief of just oh thank god now we can start changing it now things are going to change and I mean, they still haven't changed. Things are, 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 you know, we're moving in the right direction, I guess. But it's, mm. these things are, st- it's still happening. Yeah. It's right. still out there. People are still getting hurt. They're still gonna get hurt. But I like to think that with everything that has changed in the past, especially the past year or two years or so, it, it is, God, I hope it's happening less. I hope it's happening less and people just aren't talking about it as much. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean it's 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 wild to think that the the Profiles Theater Exposé happened in 2017 and in 2020 Flying V in Signature Theater. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I I Alex you, you were saying about how tapping into people's like empathy, sympathy, emotions or whatever. Um, it, it has to be more than just let legislating change. You mm-hmm. have to change people. And it like the, the really just depressed, angry, fed up part of me it is like, they're not going to change three years after profiles, yeah. people in DC chose to look the other way or for three years, for three years, even mm-hmm. after profiles. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So the, yeah. that part of me is just very much yeah. similar to Jack's, what you were saying about not being surprised. I, I, I have very little, I have very little faith and a lot of that has to do with my own personal experience of, you know, my abuser in, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth theater scene right. was very charismatic and was able to get a lot of people to very publicly and vocally say that he was being wrongly accused by me. And so I have a lot of, you know bitterness and probably not totally logical feelings about everything that's been going on because thank you trauma bff but um but yeah i do wonder like what is it going to take um Hmm. and i i don't that was that was not one of my questions i just no (laughs) my brain was feeling it and so i started saying it yeah yeah um Um, yeah and and i do have to say too and i i guess i first of all, like, I'm very thankful to be having this conversation with you two, because like, you're both just incredible. Um, but I, I also, for me personally, when I think about, um, for example, when, when, when everything went down in Chicago, I was still a newbie in the theater scene. And I didn't really consider myself in 
enough to really personally feel betrayed. Um, mm. And I, and much less have a voice and change things um, because I'm still just like trying to, um, try, trying to cut to the front of the line at the EPA. Um, yes. But one of the, um, to be honest, the scandal that hit home the most was just last year, the, the um, religious music composer, David Haas. Yes. Um, his abuse came out and at least 45 women have come forward and, that hit for me because um, my my instance of trauma was with a um, with a music director in the Catholic Church, um, and and I personally I I'm still part of the church I I still love it and I still um, I I'm not going to leave it because of that and um, and I'm thankful for like the rock that I have there both like with within my faith and among the people who have helped me. Um, but I also think about, it, it really puts things into, into perspective because I think both, um, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I, I think about what I've been carrying around for years and years, but then I think about like the people who are coming forward who are 45, you know? And it's like, and, and, who, are, and who are like 85 and who are carrying this around. And I, there are a lot of, in a lot of ways, I feel so fortunate to be in this time. For example, when I think about um, everything happening with, with diversity and inclusion in the theater, I feel so grateful to stand on the shoulders of so many people, mm. so many BIPOC people who have, who have suffered and like been humiliated in far worse ways than I will ever be, um, you know, God willing, um, but but I, I guess not like not to diminish what any of us have gone through because trauma is trauma and you can't put that on a scale. But thinking about it in the context of people who have been carrying this around for so long, it I mean it keeps it keeps me hopeful and it keeps me empathetic because I'm like I still thank God I still have so much life to live. I have so yeah. much so like there's so much opportunity and there's so much. Um, there's so much time. Um, and, and I think that w to your question, Caroline, I don't know whether it was rhetorical, but I'm not going to treat it that way. Um, <laughs> the question of like, what's it going to take? Mm. I think that, I, I mean, I, I don't want to paint the hustling creative as like a vehicle for like saving the world because I like, you know, it's, it's not in my head, but I am hoping that as per a lot of our conversations, Caroline, about your developing projects and things like that and being born of your personal experience, I hope that what the Hustling Creative can do and where that, um, and where the businessy side of things and the consent side of things come together is in, um, in just enabling people to see their options and explore them and then they can create the systems and change the systems because we're we're growing up guys you know yeah that's yeah. that's terrifying but also exciting and like it's weird it's like an identity crisis thing at least for me <laughs> I'll be 30 this year and I'm I no, still very oh much gosh. am like I'm a child yeah. um <laughs> you know and and but you know the yeah this is our time we're growing up it we are allowed to 
the gatekeepers are not there. The gatekeepers do not exist. In many ways, they absolutely fucking exist. But, you know. <laughs> but the cake is a lie. The, the gatekeepers do not exist. I get that reference, the cake. Thank you. I, I didn't. I was just smiling. <laughs> it's a digging to get that reference. I got, I'm proud that I'm I am I'm with the cake is a lie. Is this cake with it? Um, I have a question. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll just be. I'll, the, the cake <laughs> is alive. Let's be quiet for a couple minutes while she looks up. What yeah. is cake? All yeah. right. Moment of silence while Alex figures out. No, it's fine. Cake. It's, it's fine. It's fine. This is a question I have, and. I don't know. It feels like maybe a self-serving question, but it is something that I wonder. I know exactly my answer to it, um, but I know that there are other people who I know who have the opposite answer. Um, so you're gonna let us squirm and then give I us am the gonna right I'm answer. I'm gonna like monologue mm-hmm. a bit and then tell okay. you what it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, do you think artistic leadership? leadership of, of a company like the Hustling Creative or Arte Violinda or a theater company or a nonprofit, any other kind of nonprofit. Do you think artistic leadership and the, the business, whatever business itself, can ever separate itself from the issues affecting the communities it serves? No. Sorry, were you done? Yeah, finally, <laughs> I was done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my answer too, and it's as quick as you said it too, but I, I mm. would love to know what what is your thought process when it comes, mm. when, when t- what, what's your thought process in order for you to have such a quick, confident response to that? I mean, it's easy for me to respond to that because my business is community. Mm. My business is, is number one priority is community. Um, and okay, I'm going to talk. I don't know if I have the right words because I didn't think this through when you said that. I, I heard what you said and my my heart said no. Boom. So I said it out of my mouth. So I'm just going to start talking and, and let me see if I make any sense. Awesome. Or, or just sound like an idiot. And that's fine. Um, nobody will hear this, right? right? <laughs> we do have one new subscriber. So at least we one do. person will hear this. <laughs> we do. <laughs> There's at least one person here. It's probably my there are at least thing. a couple bots in this Twitch stream. So Okay, so the bots will hear, and that's good. I, it, it, I don't know how you can have a company or a thing that serves people that does not think and consider the people that you are serving, right? Mm. I mean, there are a lot of companies out there that they think of their people as products and products only. Those companies are so shitty. And and while I will say, while some of those companies are very rich mm-hmm. and they are doing well in that they are very rich, Jeff Bezos, I don't know that, I don't know how successful they are because they're not helping. They're not taking into consideration the things that their community needs. They're not taking into consideration you know, what the world is going through, what people, what individual people, what individual human beings are going through, right? 
And oh my God, I feel like I'm just talking. I, 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 this is such, I'm experiencing something for the first time that I'm going to share with you is I have such an emotional reaction to your question. And I, my answer is no. And I know my answer is no with my whole heart. And I, I believe it and I lean into it, but I don't know that I can really, aside from what I've already said, that mm. I don't even think made any sense. I don't know that I can really uh, articulate. That I can no, no I, I, I think it made sense. So can I, can I ask for clarification? Do you, are you talking specifically about societal, political problems? What do you, what do you have in mind when you sure. ask about community I, problems? Well, I was going to follow up with a, with a question that is narrower in scope. Because I think it is easier for the average person, say, to agree with you, Jax, when you use the example of Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, let's say instead of Amazon, it is a small nonprofit theater, Mm -hmm. a non-equity theater, who may be afraid that if they say certain things in support of certain societal or political things or against some things, even things that are happening in their own community, Mm -hmm. like their own theater community, if it's a small nonprofit theater, that they could go under because of funding being taken away. So let me, Mm. let me, let me ask in a, in a much better way. (laughs) I think that was super clear. Okay. Okay. So theater may be afraid to say something for or against whatever, because mm-hmm. if they do, even if saying something would be perhaps seen as the right moral thing to do, if they could potentially go out of business, go under, lose their funding, go bankrupt because of that, does that change the quickness of the answer. Does that change the, cause it does for me. Um, even, you yeah. know, even though like on, I have an issue with black and white thinking like all day, every day for the last almost because 30 years. Because you are a years. fully formed human being. Right. With like severe <laughs> mood disorder. that's not how the world works. Right. And well, yeah, but I have an issue with <laughs> it <Jack>. by <laughs> meaning I think in black and white and I oh, have I to okay. reinterpret that in, in the way where there is nuance and color because my brain chemistry is fucked y'all. And so it's like, no, everything is black and white. There's pedestal or shit pile. And that is it. So watching you speak looks or watching Jack's react to you speak <laughs> looks like a child who just saw the Easter bunny. Ah! Like you are the Easter bunny right now. I, I have, if I may disclose, but I, I have a, 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 it's a horrible word for it, but it's the word that's out there, a personality disorder. And I also- Are you talking I, about BPD? Because I'm talking about BPD. Yes. Girl. <laughs> Black and white. Literally. <laughs> okay, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably why my answer was so fast. Probably why I responded very emotionally because I need to <laughs> to insert some logic into my emotional thinking so that I can really like, okay, I'm going to even out and think about this like a normal person. Yeah, in quotes. Absolutely, yes. 
Yeah. Hundo P, yes. So for us, maybe it's more complicated. Like I, I really do struggle with this because I, I do, I am a black and white thinker and I do on the one hand think, fuck you if you're not going to speak out against people who sexually assault. I don't care if you're friends with them. I don't care if you have gotten work from them. Fuck you. The other part of me is like, these are small theaters. These are people who, like me, are Im Im implicitly complicit within the system because the system itself is corrupt. And they are making tough decisions in order to keep their jobs when they also may, in other instances, do good things for the community. So that, like, that is the, the war happening in my brain mm -hmm. at any given point. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the question is, but <laughs> that's you. <laughs> okay. So I feel like, so no, I, I'm so for this conversation, but I also feel like that was like, we like there are 10 different questions within that question, yes. which I love and is super fun. Um, so I think that asking, does art need to respond to whatever political and social climate and things, whatever we find ourselves in is a totally different question yeah. than like, what should, what should the arts do to stay alive? Um, and like how much courage do they need to show in order to stay part of the community? Um, and, and I also think that there's a huge difference between a company or a person saying nothing because they choose to they choose preservation hmm. and saying nothing because they're still trying to figure it out. Because I think that. I, I do think that while all of us obviously have this really um, this this really um, intelligent and emotionally intelligent and personal relationship to this topic, I do think that there is there's always a there's always a danger in not letting people think and answer when they're ready and answer mindfully. Hmm. Um, but but I also do think that um, wh whether you call your your company a leader in your artistic landscape or not, if you own a company, you are a leader. And like, and the thing is, it's like, I don't personally think that it's a, I, 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 don't, I don't quite know how much in a leader should think about, um, oh shoot, I'm not gonna say this right. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, a leader is not, a leader unless they have followers and P and you are not going to have people follow you unless you speak truth to people and you will not speak truth to people unless you respond to the things that make their hearts bleed, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so like, I, I don't, I, I think that it's worth asking the question, what should we do? What, what should we do? What, what's the, what's the price of art? What's the price of courage and things like that. But I also think like, as far as people who are chicken shit, like the, like if the, if the light shines and it casts on them and like we see people for what they are, then people aren't going to follow them. Like we shouldn't be like, I, I'm not thinking about like wanting to be a, a leader. I'm right. just, I'm just a little kid. 
so it's just like but um you know like Jax and I are to, are together because work wives. Um, because we yeah we're we're work wives because like we spoke truth to each other like through what we do and so I I think that wasn't an answer because there are so many answers does that make sense Yes, 100%. And I asked okay. so many questions. No, but so, I like it. I like it. It's fun. I agree. <laughs> I am all about it. Um, Jax, do you have anything to add or shall I move on to the next long-winded question? Um, n- no, not really. I mean, it. I agree with everything that everybody has said, including myself. You're, <laughs> you're also free to not agree with yeah, yeah, like, I mean, you know that, Jax, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. you don't need to agree with me. I do, I do, and it's, it's so complicated, and it's so hard, and it's, I mean, if we're talking specifically about theater, I mean, the purpose of theater is to serve the audience. That's mm. the whole point of theater. Mm. And I mean, yes, are there dinner theaters out there still doing yeah Oklahoma because it rakes in the money sure literally any in-person shows right now yes there are (laughs) well okay I I want to oh sorry I want to let you continue your thought I'm just going to repeat what I've already said theater theater serves its people so if you're going to serve its people then you need to represent the people that you're serving but then when I say that unless you have a bunch of horrible people (laughs) sure like a lot of communities of theater are skew older richer whiter more conservative not to say that you know old rich white and or conservative people don't deserve art you know but like and not to say that they're bad people exactly yeah I I know some really lovely conservatives I will I'm just gonna throw that out there that's, I don't think I've ever said, I haven't said that out loud in a long time. So I, I feel really weird. Say, I've never, but like, I actually I do ever think that would come out of your mouth. <laughs> it's true. I get along with some conservatives more than I get along with some moderates and more than mm. I get along with any libertarian. All right. That's my one <laughs> politics joke. Let's move on. <laughs> um, um, okay. But I did want to ask I, and I don't know whether this is the answer, um, but we're all, all, all of us here are, you know, artistic human beings who have had really emotional and important and cathartic experiences with art. Do, but from my personal experiences, the most incredible art I've ever witnessed, um, for example, um, oh my gosh, the first time I heard... Um, Faré's piano quartet in C minor. It's like, or, or like I, I uh, went to the Sagrada Familia in um, in Barcelona when I was, shut up. Shut in up. Barcelona? <laughs> in Barcelona. I, I follow, um, by the way, I will let you finish. But first, I okay. follow an account on TikTok. It, it's this young woman who is absolutely hilarious. And she has a bit where she's like, point of view like pov your friend who just returned from studying abroad and it's very much like if you take what you just did and like multiply it times infinity in no no, it's not no like yours is normal but like caricature (laughs) but i also think you would enjoy it anyway back to barcelona well, the only reason I enjoy TikToks are because of Jax. I do not like them, except that she kept texting me TikToks, and then I finally got one. Um, 
anyway, still hardly on it. Um, but um, so so like I think about experiences that are just transcendental, and I'm sure you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And those experiences were of service to me, but they didn't exist to serve me. They existed to exist. And I think that there's something to be said for art mm. not having to have a purpose because the I feel like part of what art does, not to say this is what its purpose is, but like part of what art does is show us that things can still have value without having use. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And I think that like, not to say that art should not serve, but I do think that that's a, that's a facet of the conversation. And if anyone is watching on TikTok or no, not TikTok, shoot. The other thing that people use Twitch. is search Twitch, the Twitch. If anyone here is watching on the Twitch, please comment and tell us what your thoughts are because yeah, we on it, please, please. There, there are seven bots. Come on, y'all. <laughs> or there's seven, there's seven, some people. The last, yeah. Right. The last comment we got was the person who subscribed apologizing for summoning Uncle Cracker. <laughs> which I love. Um, but that is a fascinating comment, Alex. And okay. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't know if That's I totally cool. agree because okay. I, I don't know. I feel like even art that cotton candy fluff or whatever entertainment mm-hmm. there, there's still an exchange happening, right? Hmm. Unless you're not, unless like, unless, and, but then we could get into like Dadaism and like you know, all, all the postmodern movements that are really trying to turn the, the the definition of use and meaning and purpose on its head in the first place, which I'm like mm-hmm. all about. Um, and yeah, this is so interesting. This is so interesting. I would I would say and like maybe not having a purpose is a purpose in and of itself. Right, which is a mind fuck. <laughs> I don't know. But I also, Sorry. I don't know. I, if, if you, if the most transcendental art that you've experienced is the art that exists just to exist, mm-hmm. that's awesome. For me, the most transcendental art that I've experienced is the art that has changed me. Mm. Um, like Sweat by Lynn Nottage. Saw that at Arena Standing Room. I think about that play every fucking day. I got, I have it. it. It's so good. It's wonderful. It won a Pulitzer and for good reason. Mr. Burns, I saw it the worst year of my life and like it you know, changed my mind about wanting to be on this earth. And like, it, it just mm-hmm. like, and that, that wasn't the purpose of that play, but the purpose of that mm-hmm. play is showing human resilience and, um, and it, yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know that but, I but- have ever enjoyed or been inspired or whatever, by something that to me, I perceive to not have a purpose. Interesting. But I think too, that there's a difference between showing human resilience and being like, you can do it Hmm. because that's a purpose. And that is, um, you know, that's propaganda. That's capitalism. Whereas showing human resilience is showing yeah, is is showing truth yeah. like you witnessed truth and it changed you but it didn't set out to change you it set out to tell the truth 
Sure. Yeah. 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 Set out to tell the truth. Absolutely. But, but still there, there's an exchange there in in the telling of truth. There's an exchange. And I'm okay with us disagreeing. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to disagree, I think. (laughs) Yeah. But I like that. I think think behind some art just being like, I do some art and it's just for myself and I don't share it with anybody. And then I die and nobody ever sees it. I can get behind that. I mean, I can't do that because at my core, I want to be the center of attention, which is why I went into the theater. <laughs> Me too. That's the real thing. Badly to be relevant for people to about me and say only good things. But but I can understand. People would say more good things about you if you changed your side part to a center part. It, I did. You just can't see it because it's dark. Okay. Um, Caroline, Jax and I, ja- Jax is so like, she, she, she's trying to do like the center part thing. I remember like, that from the bumbling creative. Oh my gosh. I think you okay. could really pull it off. So I think you do pull it off. Oh I, yeah. I was just, I was just giving you shit, but you were saying something important. That's I like really it. Good. Yes. Continue. Your, your cheekbones look like they could cut glass. They could, I could cut somebody. Yeah. Like they when could. they're, when it's like that, yeah. Okay, well, here you go. I'm just- That's right, the look you. that Tyra would give you in the elimination room when she fixes the way the models are dressed because they dress badly because <laughs> it's the early aughts and fashion was on vacation. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Sorry for derailing this at every turn. <laughs> I think theater can exist just for yourself. Like you can, you can write a piece and you can be like, this theater... This theater that I just wrote <laughs> is just for me. No one's going to understand it the way that I understand it. And that's fine because you put a theater on stage and you're going to have a thousand different understandings and reactions and interpretations, like any piece of art, right? Walk into the Met, look at one piece with 50 people and everyone's going to see something different. That's not science. That's just a number I pulled out of my head. Um, but I don't think theater can exist just by itself because in order for it to be the- well 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 in order for it to be theater people have to witness it right i think right? so but i i yeah. don't think caveat for for all of the dodos out there that don't think that theater that virtual theater is theater i think witnessing mm-hmm. does not have to be in person Correct. Mm, mm-hmm, I figured. Mm-hmm. I figured. I'd. I'd get a a nod from you all on that one. But yeah. you know, somebody has to see it, even if it's like I'm doing this theater for one person. Yeah. I think in order for it to be performance, you have to perform. Mm. Yeah. I. I would. Mm. I would agree with that blanket statement. I agree with what I just said too, but I could also, I can hear it. I could be swayed. To sure. No, yeah, me too. I'd, I don't know whether I agree with you or not, but I do know that I, I, I see the validity and I see, I, I like, I see how it makes sense. And mm-hmm. I, I think, the, I, I think the justification is sound. Um, <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh my gosh. That was, that was so much. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think that I'm going to exercise my right to not put my stake in the ground yet. 
Yeah. I think I'm going to exercise my right to think about it and then come up with an opinion once I've given it more thought and talked to people who are smarter than me other than you two. That's a fantastic thing that I always forget I can do, mm. that I have the right to not make a decision, you know, yeah. like to actually give it more thought. That That's amazing. Um, we have a little comment. This is from my boyfriend whose <laughs> username is, he's really mature, you guys, just wait. Dudu J Sieg. <laughs> just going to let that one mellow for a moment. <laughs> You're going to let the doo mellow? Yes, exactly. Thank yeah. you. You followed <laughs> mm -hmm. the thread that I was, okay, good, good, good. Mm -hmm. He said, and I, I don't know what this means, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm okay. I'm an actor. I can do this. I can read this. I like art for art's sake. And there is beauty in nothing because it ties us all together in a community of beauty, nothing. But if there's nothing, how can it, ah, community. I think he's on drugs, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, exhibit A, his username. <laughs> Parody satire. <laughs> Parody law. <laughs> okay, this is going off the rails. I'm going to do a quick pivot jeté. <laughs> this will not do. Um, to, <laughs> to my last question, which is the question that I've asked everyone on this podcast at the end. Okay. Um, when theater comes back it's already back i hate that but in quotes because boom 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 okay when theater as we remember it from the before times um when physical spaces can open back up and vaccines and tests are widespread and it's as accessible in person for everyone as it was and we return to in-person rehearsals and performances what do you hope will have changed and a little add-on that I didn't have last season, because last season I was a downer. But this season, there, it's a two-parter. What season. do you hope will have changed, and what are you looking forward to doing again that you miss? Oh. I'm going to just write that in so I do that for all the others. And don't forget. I really hope that theater becomes equitable like across the board and I hope that it's no longer run by white people right I, I hope that consent doesn't take a back seat to time and money hmm. I hope that people's safety people's safety physical and emotional and mental I, I hope none of that takes a seat a back seat to time and money I hope we just move past that you know, I, I hope that there's going to be so many more opportunities for underrepresented groups than there have been ever before. And by more opportunities, I, I really, you know, I hope there's more theater being made by BIPOC people than by white people, because we've seen white people, we've heard white people, we know white people's stories, right? But we don't know anybody else's stories because we're horrible right I say that as a white person who has lived with privilege my whole life and has only just really been able to start recognizing it a couple of years ago I hope that just goes away for a while because we could all use a break from white stories right 
I, I hope that that changes. I mm. hope that there is a fight choreographer and an intimacy choreographer on every single set and production that needs it. And not every set and production needs it, but everyone that does, I hope there is one there. Those are my hopes. And those are actually things I'm looking forward to. Hmm. While I don't live in Philadelphia anymore, I'm still very tied into the Philadelphia theater community. And there are so many amazing and beautiful and educational conversations happening with that community that are so, I mean, I just go on the theater, Philadelphia theater Facebook page and just listen and watch and read and learn. And it's, I mean, people are really given a hard push for, for things to be better and for things to trend in the ways that I just said. So I, I am hopeful for that and I'm looking forward to that. And also being with people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Blanket answer. Well, we've already established that I don't really like people. So um, that's not my answer. Obviously, I don't like people. Um, oh, man. Um, you know, to be honest, I haven't really let myself. Um, I haven't really let myself like get excited about the future and that sounds way more depressing than it actually is like in my brain hole at least um i like alex why is your yeah, I, I am also a person who uses brain hole. So you I am do? pleased right now. Oh my this is gosh. the best day ever. Yeah, I, I use this brain is your hole. brain hole. Your skull <laughs> is hollow. Your head is a hole that holds your brain. Okay. <laughs> also, you said one hundo. A hundo P. Yes. No yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, okay. I did. Oh, okay, you said hundo P. So I, I say, um, I say one hundo. I don't know why. Um, so we you know, might be cousins. the same person. I, yeah, cousins. That's <laughs> what I was so. gonna say. I hope so. I hope I'm the same person. I'd be so much cooler. But um, more about your brain hole, please continue. Uh, okay. Yes. So uh, welcome to my brain hole. Enter. Um, what? So um, <laughs> I haven't really been allowing myself to like be excited about specific things in the future because I've been trying to feel good about now and I've been like I've been worried that if I if I think too hard about the things I miss then I will lose my lose my gratitude and optimism for like the present mm. but if I had to say gut answer I mean I like Jax and I both moved to New York right before COVID, like yes. literally six months before. And I, I fell in love with it. Like other than, other than Jax being there and like my friends being there, like I moved on my own and like, just like, I just miss it. Um, and I miss being on my own in like a massive place like that. Um, but, and also selfishly, I have a show that's supposed to go up when this is over, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I think I'm also, in a weird way, um, I know I know you both have seen this because you're both good little feminists. You've seen um, you've seen Nanette, yeah. Yes. Yeah, when Hannah Gadsby's talking about the Pride Parade, and she she goes, "Where are the quiet gays? Like, where are the quiet ones?" That's kind of how I feel being a musical. <laughs> 
that's kind of how I feel being a musical theater person when I'm like at big auditions and things like that. I'm like, where are the quiet ones? And in a weird, weird way. So I'm excited about like the way auditions work to change. I'm very excited. Like they have to, like, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that like going completely virtual is the answer because like, I don't know, but they have to change because like we we're not going to be socioeconomically equitable if people need to stand in in a line for three days and not work a day job like we're, we're just not um anyway so I'm excited about that changing and I'm also excited to see what happens now that like this sounds so dark but so many of us have been through the darkest one of the darkest points of our lives and we're just gonna be like fuller human beings who have like understood loneliness and loss in a way that people with our age and experience may not have in past generations of playwrights and creators and theater makers and things. And we're gonna be just fuller human beings. So I'm really just excited to see what we cook up with this wealth of being of like existence piled in our binders, you know, <laughs> in our, into our 16 bar cuts. So yeah. Yeah. Does that, is that a, does that, does that answer make sense? Is that a good yeah. Answer? That was awesome. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, nice um, was there another question or was that a, that, that is the very famously, it is the last question. Oh. <laughs> it's not famously. It means it's over. LOL. It means, it means it's, it's over. over. And we did very well. Oh my gosh. 10 minutes under my heart out time. This has been so much fun, y'all. Thank you so much. <laughs> the heart so out of my brain hole. Much. Yeah, the that heart makes, out of my brain hole. That, that is people, amazing. Like, other people had 10 minutes more good stuff to say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Damn. Questions. I could talk longer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else do I got here? Oh my gosh. Um, well, okay. You promised puppies, or I did. Yes, you, you did promise puppies. Oh my God. And I don't know why you promised puppies because we never discussed this. We didn't. I was like, did I forget about puppies? Can you? No, please? you did not. I need, need to I've fetch been trying to get my fiance to say, yes, we can get a puppy. And I am my own woman and I can do what I want. Exactly. But I'm in a relationship and we have to have communication and agree and it's right. very great, very happy. And we also have some cats in a very small apartment. It's fine. But all I want is a puppy and everybody is getting puppies. And I have lived without a dog for like three years now, which is the longest I've gone without a dog in very long. And I don't, I don't know myself without a dog and the cats not the same well, my you cat. Know, I'm my own, I'm my own woman, but I don't know who I am without a dog. <laughs> I don't know who I am without this other without this other creature. Hey, both <laughs> both statements can exist simultaneously. That is true. That is true. Like, let's oh, let's hold the gray. She's so mad. <laughs> she was. I I went, babe. I need you to fetch. I need you to fetch cricket. Like, <laughs> come here, mama. Come here, sugar bear. Oh. Oh my gosh, look at that posture. Oh my gosh, she's so mad. She was sleeping and I and I had her woken up. So she, she is so pretty. Look she at her look at her freaking eyes. 
Oh, yes, you're majestic. Thanks. So good. Missy Cat, you're such a good girl. So the cat's name is Cricket. Yes, her name is Cricket because she chirps. I The most famous of my TikToks, which got like 230 likes. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you're you. famous. Thank we you. bow down. I've made it. It was of... <laughs> It was of me. I was just videotaping her chirping because she she loves to lay on the vent in there. There are like vents in every room, and she lays there because it's very warm. And I'll go up to her and I'll be like Missy Cat, and she'll be like, and then she'll stretch out and like she'll just be really cute. And I die. My cat chirps at the birds in the summertime. Is it the kick 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 kick? We love. I think you two are the same person. <laughs> okay, so Alex and I are cousins. <laughs> Jackson and I are the same person. This is great. And Jackson and I are married. <laughs> this is great. Wow. Yeah, we, we've got we've got our own little. I don't even know what to call it. Korean <laughs> soap opera. Like this reminds me of Marmalade Boy. I I was really into. I don't know what that is. Manga when I was in middle school, and mm. Marmalade Boy is it's not korean but it's but it's dramatic as fuck and like it's like all Asians are the same too exactly so i i can say it i yes anded that and then immediately wanted to like no it's jump off my balcony um But Marmalade Boy is great. It's about this like me and my friend would read this in, in seventh and eighth grade and just it was like an awakening. So okay. the, these two kids in high school um, become step siblings because so her parents divorce, his parents divorce, and they each marry the other partner. So they're like double step siblings. Yes. And then they all move into one house together. Oh no. And then the the step siblings, like, you know, they have the will they won't they thing that goes on for like five books. And it's amazing. So it's like even Steven. Oh, yes. And it's like, and and then there's her friend who's having we do not stand this, but she's having an affair with a teacher because they are high school children and we know what that really mm. is. But and but seventh grade me was like, oh, this is so like forbidden and great. And like, <laughs> yeah. wow, let's unpack that for a moment. 12 year old Caroline. <laughs> um, good. We've got five minutes left. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Unpack it. Unpack um, it. We're here. But then the guy, they fall in love. And then the brother like finds a picture of, of all the parents when they were in college. And, and like, he figures out that maybe they're like half brother and half sister. And so he is like, we can't be together anymore, but he won't tell her why. <sighs> I just like, why won't you <laughs> so just how did it end? communicate? They find out that he was wrong. He made an assumption oh. and you know what happens when you assume mm-hmm. you have an entire another book because <laughs> of all of the drama that happens because of the assumption and it's great but they, they at the end they're like no silly you're not related oh you're in love that's great <laughs> it was so good okay wait can I ask you are are you on webtoons 
No, what is that? What it, what is webtoons? It's, it's a manga app. Webtoons? It's so good. I'm so addicted. It's so bad. What? I did not grow up reading manga, but I cannot stop. I, I will send you my reading list. Yes, I will send you please. my reading list. Um yes. Yeah, it's so good. Oh my gosh. Okay, there's, webtoons. There's, yeah, it's highly recommend. Highly recommend. I feel like I, I, I the the ones that I read, like it's it's so popular they're like um one of the most popular ones that i read it has like six million views every week and it's it's like who are these people are they just like like lonely millennials like me like trolling this trolling this like beautiful beautiful idyllic landscape where like someone's a secret princess and like for some reason they can't like be with the person they love and yeah I'll, I'll send you my video you know what this reminds me of hmm. quizilla did you all know about quizilla it's probably still a thing but it was this thing where you could go and you could make your own quizzes but then like okay. it evolved into you could make different kinds of quizzes and so some of the quizzes like and, and there wasn't a limit uh, um, a character limit on any of the questions. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people on Quizilla would just use like the questions to start writing just these like really long things. That's and so it was like cool. stories. And so it was like all this fanfic stuff. Like they had Harry and cool. Hermione. They had Harry and Ron. They had Draco and Hermione. They had Draco, Ron, and Harry. Like Harry and Hagrid. Oh my God. Like all sorts oh, of, no. and it wasn't just Harry Potter too. I know you're thinking, but it wasn't just Harry Potter. It was like <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Like, and then, you know, Twilight was a thing. So it was all about like, who will she choose? The vampire, the demon, or the angel? And like, just like all these fanfics. And I'm on webtoons right now. And I'm just like getting flashbacks. It's, it's, it sounds, it sounds quite similar. It sounds yes. quite similar. The co the comment sections are, are little novellas in and of themselves. But um, it's very we easy stand. to get lost. So let me be your guide. Thank you. So, I'm gonna. Need yeah, it you're welcome. <laughs> um, um, say goodbye to like your waking hours when you thought you'd be like reading novels or no autobiographies. Well, you know what my my recent obsession has been is okay. is a podcast called This Is Actually Happening. What is that? Oh my God. Okay. This is actually happening. Yeah. This is actually happening is, is, is a podcast where, um, you can submit your stories and people just have like the wildest stories. Um, and they'll get all sorts of people to come on and it's just people just talking about their lives and like the titles of each episode are all, um, it, the same syntax. So it's like, what if you, and then such and such specific thing. I started it's crime. It, I would, no? some of them are, end up being like, like one of them is, some of them, they're like, oh, they're like saying these stories and you're like, holy shit, what is this? I heard about this. That was that crazy thing that happened in the news, blah, blah, blah. Oh. So like there's, and they can get really, really dark. Like the reason I started listening to it was because I was doing research for my musical because I wanted to get oh. the perspective of someone who has um committed sexual assault and like be as a mm. character 
Um, mm. And so they, they have an episode where, where they talk to a priest and it's really, mm. and, and so I listened to that as part wow. of my research and it, and it really, it, it's, it, it's a struggle. That was a struggle for sure. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And also like, it made me think of plays like the nether and just, just like, yeah. Cause in my musical, I'm thinking a lot about what does rehabilitation look like? And is it the same for everyone and what needs to happen for rehabilitation to occur? And what, what do people who recognize and admit what they've done sound like? How do they talk about what they've done? So yeah, just that was a perspective that I was trying to get a grasp on. And then it led me just down this rabbit hole of this incredible, often very difficult to listen to, but all of these incredible stories. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, if you're willing, yeah. Well, if you're willing to share about your project, um, so our next bumbling creative meeting is actually going to be us like sharing our ideas (gasps) and pitching with the purpose of like collaborating and or sharing our work in April. So that's awesome. Yes. Please let me know about that. Um, I forgot that we're on a podcast. So did I, I was just about to say, we're not just talking. (laughs) Well, yeah, we went and went it over. We did a minute over just as good as all of your other podcast guests. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're just, we're just as interesting. We're a minute more interesting. Oh my gosh. No, I truly (laughs) was doing it because I could go for three hours and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm talking to human beings who have needs and bodily functions and sleep schedules. So that is true. I haven't really thought about like the bathroom. Right. Same. And it's, it's bathroom o'clock if you were to ask me. Um, Well, I mean, you were the one who was like, go get a drink. I know. It it is all my fault. I've been doing nothing but drinking liquids for the last (laughs) two hours. Um, For the last 11 months. (laughs) Yeah. That, that too. Including, Mm -hmm. though, water. I recently got, this is my last thing, I'm so sorry, everyone in the chat, but I need everyone to know about this. Another great suggestion from my boyfriend. He got, um, he has this app called Plant Nanny, and it's adorable. It's like this little Neopet looking thing, and you can get all these little plants, and then every time you drink a glass of water, you can water your plant, and each plant that you have like goes through like four different stages of growth, and then you get to like put them in your greenhouse and collect acorns and get flower pots. It's called Plant Nanny. And it's awesome. It'll calculate how many glasses of water you need per day. And I, since January 1st, every single day I have done this. And it is so delightful. And the music it plays in the background is really sweet and chill. And I just need everyone. It does look like a Neopet. It does. They all look like Neopets and it's great. I just downloaded it. Yes. Water. I hate drinking water. And I buy myself like super fun water bottles that make me happy to look at them. Right. So I'm like, drink this whole thing today. Yeah, because there's. You, I haven't done it. You have to get that like reward. It's the reward thing. I was listening to a New York Times. No, it was a Hidden Brain podcast about what it is that people who build habits do, and being able to mm. to in some way connect a instant gratification sort of reward 
for things Mm -hmm. is a really important factor in that. So feeding a cute plant, I really love to smoke a bowl after I work out because I love the way it makes me feel. So like that's good Mm. for like getting me like move my body, do something healthy and then look forward to the feeling of taking a shower super skeeved. Well, all my muscles are like, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> on that note, time to end my note. super educational, family-friendly podcast. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for, for agreeing to come on and having this really, really wonderful conversation with me. I enjoyed it so much. This has been a highlight. 2021, can't even believe it. What a great season opener. Y'all are awesome. Where can people find you online? Wow, that's that's really creepy. What (laughs) social media platforms are you on that you are accepting followers? (laughs) I need a nap. I have an Instagram that I would love more followers. I got super self-conscious because I only have like 200, but not that it means anything, but it's, it's Artemisenta on Instagram and then Facebook as well, obviously. Heck yeah. 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 We, so, um, I I think we also do a pretty good job of cross-pollinating our information. So like if you follow one of us and you follow both of us, I, um, you can follow me on the Hustling Creative LLC on Facebook or Instagram, um, have not yet done the TikTok, have not yet done the Twitter, um, any of those key <laughs> things, haven't done them yet, but um, that's also, yeah, also the best way to like get in touch about businessy stuff, happy to help people in whatever way is possible. Yeah, you both have websites, possible. don't you? Yeah, I update mine sometimes. <laughs> I'm it's, sure if people just put in Google, because I have Googled Google. both of you and I was able to find both of your websites. So oh, good. take there my lead, a- listeners. <laughs> but everything gets posted on social media. Great. So then um, ignore everything me. I just said. Not oh, my, my website is so much better than my social media. Um, thehustlingcreative.com, email, if you are over the age of 40 is hustle at the hustling creative.com. I'm also over the age of 40 on the inside. So, um, you can find me on the emails. Amazing. Yeah. Well, well, great. Um, thank you all so much. I'm going to get us off the air. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, we stop the stream. Oh my gosh! It's the Carrot Dub After School Theater Camp Power.